Welcome to episode six of the Back Again and Gone podcast. Being recorded today in the beautiful and warm Doubletree Miami Airport and Convention Center Hotel. Three subjects tonight, the recent Florida and Alabama snow, a little bit of fun on the road, and then wrapping it up with travel horrors. So my first travel date of 2018 was all set to be January 3rd. Um, I'd been home for the better part of 10 days, and, and it starts getting a little bit dicey. Not so much for me, but the people that are forced to live with me. And uh, to break myself back into the travel sphere, I had really a pretty easy week. Uh, the plan was I had a meeting Wednesday afternoon in a little town, Statesboro, Georgia, and then a Thursday afternoon meeting a little further north in Milledgeville, Georgia. Plan was to drive up 95, grab some lunch in uh, Savannah, and then head west to Statesboro, hit the meetings, and uh, finish up and head north. So about 6 a.m. on Wednesday morning, uh, my phone vibrates, and I look over, and it's one of the guys that I work with. And he sends me a text that says, have you seen the weather? And I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not a weather guy. I should know by now, but I'm not. I'm, I'm the idiot that you see at the Hertz lot in Baltimore, Maryland, in the middle of February, without a jacket on. It's just, it's, I'm not good about checking the weather. And besides, I don't want to carry a heavy coat with me. So, sure enough, I turn on the weather channel, and they've already named this winter storm Grayson, and I'm, I'm literally waiting for Jim Cantore to, to show his head in, in Jacksonville. But, you know, didn't think too much about it. Uh, I had a late meeting. I was going to drive up I-95 um, to Savannah and then head west. Well, about 10 a.m., my client sends me a text message, and it's a webcam shot of his parking lot, and it is beautiful and glistening white. Uh, he said they had about a, a quarter to a half an inch of snow on the ground already, and it wasn't going to let up till the afternoon. So he said, look, let's just push this back. Let's, you know, cancel the meeting and regroup. So no big deal. Uh, decided what I'll do is I'll just kind of, since the storm was hugging the coast, my plan was to go right up the turnpike. So I got a room in uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, and figured I could get up Thursday morning and drive, you know, two to three hours now to Milledgeville and have plenty of time for my meeting. And I'm literally packing the car, ready to go, and the phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's a client in Milledgeville. They've canceled the Thursday meeting. Fast forward a couple more weeks, and it's a complete repeat. Uh, the plan was to uh, have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday meetings in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, and fly back out on Friday. Now, Mobile, for me, is a tough town to get to. Um, Southwest doesn't fly there. And um, they used to fly into Jackson, Mississippi. They kind of changed that route around. So our best bet is we fly into New Orleans, get in the car, drive a couple hours to Mobile, uh, and then back out at the end of the week. So we roll in. Um, Tuesday afternoon, we're working, and somebody says something about they've got bad weather coming in. So thinking, thinking the best thing to do was ran by the fresh market and picked up supplies just in case it came in early and I couldn't get out and get any food. Woke up about 3 a.m. in the morning, look out the window, and the parking lot is a literal sheet of ice. Um, dealer calls that morning and says, hey, we're going to push back uh, meetings till 11. Take your time. So no big deal. Sun comes out, starts melting everything. Head over to the client's office. And everybody's canceled everything for Wednesday afternoon. Again, not that big of a deal. 
we're just going to have to do two days of meetings into one. And, and they weren't, you know, all-day meetings. I mean, these were hour to two-hour meetings. And everybody's being inconvenient. So for the most part, everybody's pretty understanding. Well, all of a sudden, Wednesday afternoon, we find out that I-10, the road that we take back to New Orleans, is completely shut down. I mean, they've got some huge bridges, uh, one going over Lake Pontchartrain, um, and then several uh, around the Gulf Shores area. And they're iced over. And, and, you know, these southern towns aren't prepared for the storms. I mean, they're, it's not Chicago. It's not New Jersey. So even, a you know, a half inch mixed with some ice, and the, the town's brought to its knees. Well... Finished up Thursday afternoon, and they reopened the roads, and we get back, uh, heading I-10 back into New Orleans about 4 p.m., and roll into uh, a little town called Kenner just outside uh, the airport area, and go to fill up the rental car, walk inside the convenience store, ask the lady, how's your day going, and she goes on to expound, well, it's pretty bad, we don't have any water, they had a water main break, and Sure enough, I look over and all the taps on the soda fountains have cups over them. I mean, you know, really inconvenience. Get back in the car and start heading down to the hotel and notice that the lights are out in the uh, Golden Corral, lights are out in the IHOP, all the restaurants, anybody dependent on water, there's no lights on, they're shut down. So as you could imagine, we pull into the hotel and there is a line of people in front of us and they're all looking grumpy. Well, the hotel didn't have any water. And so the guy, guy in front of me is, uh, is rightfully upset. I mean, you know, technology the way it is nowadays, I mean, they can push out a notification to everybody. Everybody has email for the most part. Um, and so he's kind of making his point to the desk clerk. And the desk clerk looks down and says, well, we have a whole stack of flyers here explaining that we don't have any water. And the guy's, oh, I know you don't have any water. I'm standing here. I don't need to read a flyer. So... While these two are going back and forth, I pull out the Hilton app and uh, and found a, a hotel about 20 miles outside of town that had water and actually didn't gouge us too bad on the price. The downside of it was we had to get up about an extra 30 minutes for a, a very early Friday morning flight. But the upside of it was it's Fly Home Friday. Next up, fun on the road. You know, for some, traveling can be a real grind. I for some reason, I think I'm kind of built for this this sort of a lifestyle. But, you know, we all look for ways to, to kind of break up the monotony. You know, taking in the local sites. I, I spent a, a fair amount of time years ago in, in Memphis, Tennessee. And I was there for about four weeks, Monday through Friday. And learned a heck of a lot about the city. Um, a lot of fun stuff to do there. And so, you know, we're always looking at different ways to, to kind of do that, to kind of incorporate some fun into our, in our, to our evening routine, so to speak. And, and one of the things that we do quite often, especially if we're traveling with uh, part of the team, is head over to the local fresh market or Whole Foods and pick up a local selection of craft beer. You know, mix a six, you know, build your own six pack, run back over to the hotel we always carry a bottle opener with us and uh, and share beer flights. And, you know, people will come wandering in. Other guys that are on the road will offer them a, a sample or two. And, you know, the stories start flowing. It's If you've ever seen the, uh, the George Clooney movie, Up in the Air, you know, everybody starts comparing loyalty programs and who's got this and who's got what. But, you know, it's, it's a nice way to, to kind of wind down the evening. And like I said, everybody that travels has some kind of story that's worth listening to. And then some of the other things we do is, is kind of even bust chops on the uh, the desk clerks. You know, one of our favorite gags is when we're checking in together, 
And whoever gets to be the first guy to the counter is usually going to be the victim. But the, the desk clerk will usually say something, oh, two queen beds, is that all right? And the guy behind him will usually go, yeah, that's great. We'll have some place to put our luggage. And uh, depend, <laughs> depending on the uh, sense of humor of the desk clerk, you could get anything from uh, a chuckle to a, a cross-eyed look. And then, of course, uh, I'm famous for making my uh, dead guy linens, you know, on the last last night of the the hotel stay, I'll oftentimes strip my bed and kind of form all the uh, the sheets and the pillows into what looks like a uh, bundled up body. And if I'm real creative, often I'll take the uh, telephone cord and wrap it around the neck. You know, I'm sure we hear shrieks from the uh, the house cleaning staff in the morning. But hey, I did half their job. I then made the bed for them. <laughs> the other thing I've done is uh, I went through a phase, I guess it was last year, and I'll have to post some pictures up of this, was... You know, when you book a, lot, a room online, there's always a place for special instructions. You know, hey, I'm allergic to feather pillows, or, you know, I need non-GMO shampoo or vegan shampoo or whatever. And so I went through a phase where I was putting in, hey, a picture of Steve Urkel in my room would be really nice, or, hey, I'm a big fan of Will Smith. If somebody could put a picture of him in my room, that'd be great. And it was interesting. Uh, several of the hotels bid on it. And uh, they, they could all, you could always tell when, it, when you were checking in because they'd all kind of be gathering around and, and watching. But, you know, it, it's, a good, it's good to know that, that somebody actually takes the time to read those special instructions. I mean, if, if truly you had some kind of a, an ailment or a special needs, you know, you want somebody to read that and, and pay attention to it. And then finally, the last thing I've done off and on over the years is geocaching. And if you're not familiar with it, I'll put a link in the show notes. But... It's nothing more than an electronic treasure hunt. Uh, people post coordinates of where they hide. You know, sometimes it's nothing more than a little uh, Altoids box with a piece of paper on where you wrote your name that you found it. Or maybe it's a army case or an ammo case out in the woods with little trinkets. And kind of how the, the game goes is you leave something in the box and you take that take something out of the box and move it to your next stop. And so you can actually follow these what they call caches all along the, uh, their journey throughout the United States. It, you know, when I first started it, you had to have a GPS unit. Uh, nowadays, they actually have an app that works on the phone as well. But again, a lot of, lot of fun. Um, you may look like the odd guy walking around a park, staring at the ground and looking around bushes and stuff, but it always makes for a fun evening. And then finishing up with travel horror. Uh, recently, a fellow blogger over at Hype Orlando alerted me to a, a news story about a, a couple... They decided to check their cat, live cat, because why would you check a dead cat, but their live cat into their luggage. I'm, I guess they're looking to avoid paying the uh, the luggage fees for, for animals. And it actually kind of reminded me of a couple, you know, just crazy travel horror type stories. Um, and one actually happened this year. I was flying, well, I was going from Orlando to Baltimore. You know, that's always a pretty packed flight, but... You know, today, for whatever reason, it was, you know, we had a lot of extra seats. The uh, the overhead, the, the flight attendants were paging, you know, this guy pretty consistently over and over and no response. And a few minutes later, they come back on the uh, the overhead and say, hey, we're, we're sorry for the delay. We've got an extra passenger. Well, you know, in this day and age, you say something like that to people, especially people that don't fly a lot or that are on vacation, I mean that kind of that kind of you know rise, raises up a you know a question mark extra passenger how did that happen and the, you know so they start counting heads on the plane I mean literally walking down and they start in the back of the plane and I don't, I don't know why 
but in the back of the plane, moving towards the front, counting, counting. And sure enough, they're coming up with an extra passenger. And so you can see by the commotion in the front of the plane that, you know, this is not all right. Um, whether they didn't pay for a ticket, did pay for a ticket, but, you know, there's an extra body on this plane. And so we're going on about 20 minutes delayed. And finally, they come back on the speaker and again, apologize for the delay. And what had happened was that somebody from one of the Disney parks had checked onto the plane. And I've got a picture of this as, as they were leaving the plane with about a four foot Lilo or Stitch. I'm not sure which one it was, stuffed animal. And so they had put this stuffed animal in the middle seat and had a hoodie on it and apparently pulled the hood up over Lilo or Stitch's head. And as the flight attendants were counting going forward, they just thought it was a person. You know, another, another, another. And I guess finally somebody walked from the front of the plane to the back and noticed that it was a, uh, it was a stuffed animal. And actually everybody got a pretty good, pretty good laugh out of it. I mean, I, I think the pilots made up that 20 minutes uh, on our way into BWI and, and nobody missed a connection. Then finally was the uh, my, my cat and airline travel story. So when I was a wee lad, I was probably about six years old, I had a cat named Charlie. My dad, we, uh, he, he was in sales, like I. About every two years or so, you know, he'd get a promotion and we'd move. Back in the days when, you know, they, they, would, they would actually, you know, move people around the country to, to better serve a region. And, and how we could usually tell is it would be Sunday morning, mom would fix uh, pancakes for breakfast, Dad would bring out the brochure of the house that, that he had recently bought and, and hitting the highlights of it, you know, whether it had a pool, whether it had a game room, if it was near a lake or whatever. So this is one of the times that we were actually moving across country. So we were going from California to Maryland. And my dad had to go out there a couple of weeks early. So my mom and I were, were left back to kind of tend to everything. Like being six years old, I don't think there was much that I, that I had much involvement in any of it. But long story short was Charlie got pregnant. And so, and how this happened, I don't know. My dad's not the biggest animal person in the world, but somehow it was decided that he was going to take Charlie with him out on the plane beforehand. And, and really the reason why, though, was my, my mom was, was pregnant with my sister at the time, and it was probably just easier for him to handle it. So mom takes Charlie to the vet. The vet gives uh, a couple sedative pills for uh, the cat, says, hey, you know, give these to the cat before you leave for the airport. Everything will be fine. Dad goes off. Plane lands in, I don't know if it was Reagan or BWI or, or Dulles, I'm not sure, but he lands. And this is back in the days where, you know, you put animals underneath the, underneath the plane. I mean, they, they didn't ride in the cabin with you. They were, they were cargo. And so, you know, dad comes off the plane and he's hearing all this commotion down in the baggage claim area and people pointing and all of a sudden he looks down the belt and here comes Charlie in the cat carrier. And Charlie had gotten so relaxed that she gave birth to two kittens somewhere between California and Maryland. And uh, my dad claims he waited till everybody left that baggage claim area before he grabbed that crate and, and headed to the apartment. And I can only imagine the phone call that my dad had with my mom that night. So, But, hey, you know, stories are what makes it worthwhile. Well, there you have it. Wrapping up Episode 6. Thanks so much for listening. And do yourself a favor and check out some of the blogs over at Hype Orlando. From medical humor to life in the fast lane. We cover it all. Thank you. <laughs>